I want to preface this by saying that I'm not Muslim, I'm Jewish. But I've noticed something, and I'm sure a lot of Muslims have also noticed this, that through, you know, this entire thing with Palestine, so many more people are learning about Islam, and so many more people are reading the Quran. I've read the Quran. I love the Quran. I think it's a beautiful piece of text. I think that it's wonderful, and it has so much incredible history in it, just like so many different spiritual texts and religious texts. But, like, it just makes me laugh. Y'all are about to get a lot of converts. <laughs> Y'all call them reverts though, right? That's really interesting. Like reverting to Islam. That's really interesting. That's an interesting concept to me. Yeah, we gonna have a lot of people turning to Islam soon. <laughs> I've seen people be like, wow, this is really interesting. Huh, honey, you're next. <laughs> are just college girls right did you ever think right that you'd be back on campus it's the fall semester you're going to football games you're thinking about planning spring break that this is what your life would be like no not in a million years i i think a lot of people don't understand also the hurt that we're feeling after october 7. every single jew on campus and every single israeli knows someone who was affected by this, knows someone who was either taken hostage or someone who was killed on October 7th. And if they don't know, it's just one degree removed. And so we're all just mourning. We're all hurting. We all experience such a great loss of life that no one at 20 or 21 or 22 years old should experience. And then to come to campus and just to hear people continuing this rhetoric of, of Did you ever think... This hate even existed on your campus? No, no, no. I didn't. I've never encountered it. I, my peers and that's class, what's so extraordinary I've, to me. I think that what's growing up, I, I heard stories. I heard horror stories. Entire towns turning on the Jews, uh, giving up their Jews, uh, peers that peers that were that were assumed to be, you know, uh, 
faithful to their to their friends, loyal to their friends, their fellow, you know, German citizens, Polish citizens, turning as soon as the blame was put on Jews, as soon as violence towards Jews began. But those were uh, stories you thought just your grandparents would exactly. be telling. Exactly. I, 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 I'm from New York. Uh, we have one of the largest Jew populations in the world. I never thought um, that anti-Semitism would reach New York. Uh, and I was naive, I think. Uh, I thought these were stories. I never assumed that they would be my reality. Um, and that is extremely devastating. And it's heartbreaking to hear my peers who are uh, advocates always for social justice issues, uh, advocating on behalf of minorities. When, when, when Jews are called into question, when it's the Jews that are being uh, persecuted, that are being threatened for their lives, it's, there's, there's silence and there's selective advocacy, advocacy here, selective advocacy. Uh, there's blindness, selective blindness, and it's heartbreaking. And indeed, we once made a covenant with Adam, but he forgot, and so we did not find determination in him. And remember when we said to the angels, prostrate before Adam, so they did, but not Iblis, who refused arrogantly. So we cautioned, O Adam, this is surely an enemy to you and to your wife, so do not let him drive you both out of paradise, for you, O Adam, would then suffer hardship. Here it is guaranteed that you will never go hungry or unclothed, nor will you ever suffer from thirst or the sun's heat. But Satan whispered to him, saying, O Adam, shall I show you the tree of immortality and the kingdom that does not fade away? So they both ate from the tree, and then their nakedness was exposed to them, prompting them to cover themselves with leaves from paradise. So Adam disobeyed his Lord and so lost his way. Then his Lord chose him for his grace, accepted his repentance, and guided him rightly. I grew up in the church. The Bible is a completely different interpretation. This is the Bible that I have had for 29 years. I was given this Bible when I was in elementary school. Chapter 3 of Genesis, verse 3. But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God, and he was walking in the garden in the cool of day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is it that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. 
The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all of the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. It goes on to explain that the reason why we have menstruation and pain with menstruation is because of Eve's original sin. Do you see how that is a completely and drastically different telling of the story? And why the Quran is inherently feminist and inherently a protector of women because of it? This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Saturday, uh, 4 November in the year of our Lord, 2023. A week ago, uh, Erdogan in Turkey had a massive rally of which uh, he threw down and said that this entire conflict is between the cross and the crescent. Uh, today, we're going to delve into what is really going on in this war and what's signal and what's noise. We're going to go to Belgrade, Serbia, and to, uh, into Rome uh, near the Vatican. We have Ben Hardwell and Jack Basovic. I, I just want to make sure everybody understands the Internet. Right now, there's going to be 100,000 pro-Palestinians. They're, they're approximating 100,000 in Washington, D.C. today for a massive uh, anti um, Israel, anti-Israeli, and quite frankly, anti-Jew uh, protest. And people are coming. They're having buses from all over the uh, eastern seaboard, it looks like, including from Cornell University. Um, the, uh, we want to show you, and we'll do, do more of these during the day, is that, or during the show, TikTok, which is a CCP-controlled uh, asset, uh, has become a massive propaganda Right there, you're just seeing one of literally thousands that we could pull of young Jews and Christians reading the Quran and uh, and saying, oh, I'm going to convert. Look how enlightening this is. I never knew the Quran was like this, etc. So we're going to get into all of it. I want to start by going to Belgrade, Serbia, our own Jack Posobiec. Jack, you just gave an amazing speech. We're going to get into this in a few minutes. But walk me through where we are in, in this fight. Uh, this is obviously now the uh, early days of the kinetic part of the Third World War. Uh, where are we in all this in your perspective, sir? Steve, I think we're in a situation, and and as I sit here in Belgrade, Syria, or excuse me, Belgrade, Serbia, and I'm looking out at this beautiful European Christian city, which Joe Biden and the Clinton family had bombed with U.S. military forces in 1999, unilaterally and against UN uh, against UN guidance without any UN backing whatsoever. I really think the main thing for us is to question what it is that we stand for as not just a society, not just a 
political movement, but also as a civilization. Do we stand for the values of the Bible? Do we stand for Western Christian civilization carrying forward those traditions and those values, and do we live them? Are we going to pay lip service to this and say, well, you know, the left, they're just misguided, they're just uh, good people, but maybe they have a difference of opinion? No. The left is not your friend. The left wants to put you in jail. The left has put Owen Schroyer right behind bars this very minute. These people hate Christianity. They hate God. They hate anyone who has a traditional belief or just holds traditional Christian beliefs. You see the way they're talking about the Speaker of the House who says that he reads the Bible and he has a biblical worldview. And so my question is, not only for here as I'm talking to the Serbs who I should mention, by the way, Steve, Joe Biden, not a lot of uh, not a lot of Joe Biden fans here in Serbia. I can tell you that much. The very first thing that came up to me this morning was telling me how much they hate Joe Biden and uh, the Clinton family for what they did here. But, Steve, we have to question what are the values that we are fighting for? What is it that we want as our goal? What is it as we want the goal for our children? Because it's not good enough. It's not good enough to say, oh, we want a higher GDP and, you know, we got to fight the left and fight the libs. What is it that we actually stand for? Our faith, our homelands and our freedom. That's what this is all about. And if we don't put those things central, if we don't have the ability to understand the very long line for a thousand years, a thousand years, this battle has been going on. Which side are we going to be on? Jack, can you hang on for a second? Jack Vasobi joins us from Belgrade, Serbia. He just was a keynote speaker at the Cross-Continental Conservative Conference, one of the keynotes today, Jack Vasobi. We're going to play some of that. We're going to go to Rome with Ben Hanwell. We've got a lot to go through today. Serious. Pull out your notebook. Get your number two pencil out. A lot to take down. Back in a moment. The world. Spread the word all through Hong Kong. We will fight till they're all You should choose an air purifier like your life depends on it, because it just might. More than 35,000 wildfires have devastated the U.S. this year. The toxins and particles in wildfire smoke can penetrate our lungs and threaten our health. That's why EnviroCleanse developed military-grade air purification for your home. And they just announced their biggest sale of the year. Save a massive 30% off during their Labor Day sale. EnviroCleanse is specifically designed to wipe out airborne chemicals and viruses known to cause illness, allergies, and difficulty breathing. Even toxic gases and particles found in wildfire smoke are no match for EnviroCleanse. That's why the Department of Defense chose EnviroCleanse to protect the air on board our Navy combatants. And EnviroCleanse comes with a free professional air quality monitor so you know your family's breathing purified air. Now's the time to save 30% off your air purification unit. Get the free air quality monitor and fast free shipping. That's a 250 bucks savings. Visit ekpure.com and use code Steve. That's ekpure.com, code Steve. Let me repeat, ekpure.com, code Steve. ekpure.com, 
code Steve. Take action. Use your agency. Do it today. Get the benefits of the sale. I'm just wanting to know what you suggest, because back then, when I was in your position, I was suggesting we bomb Belgrade. I was suggesting that we send American pilots in and blow up all the bridges on the Drina. I was suggesting we take out his oil supplies. I was suggesting very specific action. And it is That's why we are here today, the unit, the idea with action in our unwavering determination to win. Especially you, young conservatives, who gathered here today to whom this conference is dedicated. Be diligent, innovative, energetic, and filled with love for your homeland. Don't let the incompetent ones steal our right to build technological progress, social justice, and nature conservation on our ideas and programs. We are fighting for the respect of the international order and the recognized borders of the states. No one can use violence and bombardment to try to break up states and seize territories. There is no compromise with violence and terrorists. Guiding us through this time in our land, in this time when Christianity is under attack itself, and where, what better place to come than to Belgrade to Serbia, where the Serbian people have been fighting for Christianity against Islam for 1,000 years. It's not a mic drop, it's a water drop. <laughs> and we're going to make sure, by the way, that when we go back, that Joe Biden is never going to be able to touch this city again. The bombing of Belgrade, not uh, actually talked about a lot. A, a, uh, a, uh, a Christian nation bombed by the Clintons and Joe Biden. Uh, it will become a very big part of the, uh, of the narrative of the uh, Third World War. Before I go back to Jack and this amazing speech, I want to go to Ben Hunter. Ben, you were actually in the European Parliament at the time. Walk me back through, because it is a part of history that has kind of been buried. Walk me through your recollection of this. Well, my principal memory, Steve, of, of 1999 and the bombing was simply just that it's amazing how, how the war drums will captivate people and entrance them and they will forget all their principles. But my, uh, my principal memory of 1999 was just the absolute sort of support for, for the NATO bombing of Belgrade. There were very few voices at the time that said, hang on, wait a minute, why is NATO doing this? What role does NATO have to play in, in, in this initiative? But beyond what, 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 what you know, and I, you know, I was a researcher in the, in, in the British House of Commons, and I wasn't a player or, or anything. But the few people who were um, uh, sort of historic supporters of NATO are uh, and slowly, slowly maneuvering out of the, of the Cold War mentality that NATO was just an unambiguous force for good. They started to, to, to say this is a very dangerous precedent. But beyond what I might have heard and saw, seen in, 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 in the Palace of Westminster, Steve, there was a person who watched this, and you just alluded to it in your introduction, there was a person uh, who saw this, who watched this, and did not forget it. And that person's Vladimir Putin. He was, by all accounts, absolutely astonished 
that NATO would do this because it blew out of the water the argument that the Americans had been pushing very strongly uh, that NATO was simply a defensive alliance to protect NATO member states. It clearly wasn't true then. Um, so then if you fast forward 20 years, less than 20, 25 years, 20 years, um, to Ukraine, you can absolutely understand why Putin was uh, was so concerned, because he didn't believe the BS that the West was saying. Like, you don't have anything to worry about, Vladimir. It's just sim- NATO's just a, a, a simply defensive operation. It, it's clearly not. Uh, and that was, I, I think, a lasting consequence um, from from the bombing of Belgrade in March 1999. That has ramifications uh, that, that stay with us and shape geopolitics to this day. Uh- when uh, when Posoba goes to a conference and these are conservatives, I would actually argue some of the most prominent uh, young right wingers in uh, in all of Europe and from India and other places throughout the world and talks about a thousand year war that's been going on between uh, the West and uh, in Islam. And I actually say it even goes back farther than that, the West and Persia. Uh, w- w- what's your thoughts? You're in Rome. Give me give me your perspective for a turn back to Jack. Everything, of course, Posso said was absolutely correct. Um, my, my, my main thought, especially referring to some of the video clips we saw in the cold open at the very beginning of the show today, Steve, that fundamentally nature abhors a vacuum. Um, that's what we're seeing here. You're looking at these, these people. They're all you're looking at them. You know these people. We know these people. These people are, are wokesters. They're progressives. They were never believers in Jesus Christ. You know that you, you know that within a split second if you have any affinity in, in, in this debate um, by, the, by the way they carry themselves, the way they talk. These people were never for Jesus Christ. Here's the point, right? When I say nature abhors a vacuum, a false religion, which I think I maintain Islam is a false religion, a false religion lived coherently and and sincerely is more convincing than the true religion, which is Christianity, lived badly. That's fundamental, I think, to see what's happening in the West. What we have is we've had, since the Second World War, really since the 60s, generation after generation of so-called Christians. They've basically just been grifting off whichever denomination, and certainly in the Catholic Church, right? But you have people grifting off the back of centuries of collection plate offerings and centuries of collection plate piety. You have you we've now arrived in the in the beginning of the 21st century in all the major proponents in certainly in the Catholic sphere, right? In 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 ecclesiastical office, they fundamentally don't believe anything to do with 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 Catholic Christianity. Whether they believe any variation of of, of Christianity is doubtful. I personally don't believe that that, that Pope Francis has it um, has any belief in God, right? What that does is that creates when you hear these people, look, the the, the Pope, for example, is is going to the to the um to the climate uh conference, the 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 um the the the, the um the the, the the big UN sponsored climate conference, right? When some you know Jesus Christ never told anybody, any of his followers followers to, to get involved with climate agitation. He told them to preach the gospel to all nations. But when you have proponents of Christianity who self-identify as proponents of Christianity, who manifestly do not believe and could not care less with anything to do with Christianity, people will switch off, right? They'll switch off. They'll say, this is a false religion. I'm not interested. As I say, nature abhors a vacuum. And what we see here is this embrace 
from, from the wokester generation of Islam. These people aren't embracing Islam because of Islam. They're embracing Islam because of exactly what Jack said uh, when he spoke a few moments or so ago, because it's anti-Christianity, right? That is what is fundamentally attracting them. And how do we know this? Because there is no native woke movement um, within, uh, of, of, of Muslims in the Islamic sphere. It doesn't exist. You don't get sort of uh, sort of LBGT type um, youths um, within, within Islam. It doesn't exist. You get them here in, in the West because these people fundamentally see and they detect quite correctly in Islam that it, its spiritual emphasis is anti-Jesus Christ. And that is what attracts them. Because why, Steve? Because this is fundamentally a spiritual battle that we're seeing now. And people are lining up like little iron filings um, on, on the Petri dish. They're lining up and they're declining which way their, 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 their soul is. And, and that's, a, that's a great thing to behold. This, this is a, it, it's, the, it's the wheat being separated from the, from the chaff. All we need to do, Steve, is, is we need to hold on to our faith in Jesus Christ and give everybody around us as much encouragement to do so as we possibly can, because this has an eschatological dimension to it. Jack Posobiec, uh, before we go to break, I'm going to come back and talk about your speech later. Your 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 thoughts about uh, uh, Ben Harnwell's statement? Well, I think what Ben is saying is exactly right, because for so many people, when you're raised in a Christian country, when you're raised with Christian parents, Christian family, there's this idea in true Christianity, real Christianity, where we are called to account for our sins. We are called on account for, by God. We are called to Christ's atonement. Christ offers us atonement, but first we must actually confront our own decisions. We must confront our own times where we've given in to temptation, where we've given in to demonic uh, temptation. We were given into Satan so many times and then ask for Christ's atonement. And there's this belief system out there that if you just walk away from Christ, if you say, well, I don't really need that. I don't need that uh, organized religion. I don't need that mumbo jumbo. Or you go in with someone else who says, hey, your parents, everyone telling you this stuff, they're all wrong. It's very enticing. And it's very dangerous because, by the way, you know, if, if you want to, and, and of course, you know, I'm not the first person to say this, but, you know, once you start getting past the surface level of the Quran, I'd love for you to go see what the Quran has to say about women, what the Quran has to say about uh, the rights of women or the ability for women to participate in society and see if that goes along with all of your leftism and the LGBTQ agenda, yeah. because we see that being pushed as well. It's, no, Steve, what they're really doing is they're using this as a cudgel against the traditional conservatives and traditional Christians, the people who built our society here in the West. The Daily Mail's got a big story about Alan Dershowitz and how uh, that this um, this issue right now of in, in Gaza about the Palestinians and, and, the, uh, and the Israelis is going to tear the Democratic Party apart here in the United States. I got news for people. It's going to be much deeper than that. You're going to see, and you're going to see the beginning today in this rally in Washington, D.C. This is going to tear at the fabric of our society. That's what, at the end of the day, this is a spiritual war. And it's time to strap in and really focus on what's happening here. What are the consequences going to be? Much bigger than just tearing the Democratic Party apart. There's going to be collateral damage all over. But in the war room, we're going to focus on um, cutting through the fog of war, cutting through the fog of war. 
We're going to go back to Belgrade. An amazing speech uh, by our own Jack Pasovic of Human Events Daily. Ben Harnwell is in uh, Rome. There's a lot to report on the, on the conflict, on Ukraine, on Capitol Hill, on all of it. You're here on a Saturday. Grab a cup of coffee. Stick around. Debt. You go to bed thinking about it. You wake up thinking about it. Now, here's the truth. The system traps you in debt. High interest credit cards and loans make it nearly impossible to pay off your debt. And insane inflation keeps you stuck paycheck to paycheck. Done with debt is your lifeline. Done with debt has an ingenious new strategy to help erase your debt faster and easier than you thought possible. Done with debt analyzes all the debt options you qualify for. They know how to reduce bills. They know how to cut interest rates. Their skilled staff of negotiators know how to get debt out of your life permanently, without bankruptcy, and without additional loans. Done with debt are the experts in brilliant strategies for eliminating debt, but you need to hurry because some debt solutions are time-sensitive. Now, here's how easy they make it. Go to donewithdebt.com. That's done to debt dot com done with debt.com go there today action 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 stop the worrying take action here's your host stephen k Bath. uh the saturday show of course our sponsor um birch gold is with us all the time but saturday show particularly because we'll like spend a little more time on capital markets make sure uh there's going to be real turbulence when i say turbulence i mean uh civilizational turbulence is going to be before us. Don't think what we're going to go through, what we're going through is going to end anytime soon. I think you already know this because of the invasion of the Southern border. And by the way, uh, we're trying to get to Ben Burkwam, who's out on patrol down there uh, with the Tim Foley and the, and the team. We'll try to get him later about the invasion of the Southern border. Remember Foley said in his district alone of, uh, of the uh, folks, um, uh, with his group, they're getting a thousand gotaways a day in that sector, not for the entire southern border, which the Border Patrol says. He said in that sector alone, he's never seen anything like it. Um, and so in that turbulence, you have to both think through how you help your country, your community, your family, and yourself personally. One thing we strongly recommend now is to uh, immerse yourself. What this show is built upon, immerse yourself in information. Uh, I think it's very important to do it now on uh, on gold and precious metals. Number one, if you go to birchgold.com slash Ben, you get all of the end of the dollar empire, a four-part series, and we're already working on the fifth part. Um, and then you also get access to Philip Patrick and the team uh, to talk to them about uh, why gold has been a hedge for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, about as long as this fight between the Persians and the West. Jack Posobiec, I want to thank... Uh, Birch Gold for being our sponsor. Go check it out today, birchgold.com slash Bannon. Get all the free information. Get access to Philip Patrick and the team. Jack Pasobic. Um Pasobic, why did they ask you? This, this conference, I was um, – because we had uh, uh, Sarab on yesterday, Sharma, and we talked about the American moment story in uh, Politico. And as you know, we're very – you know, we help those guys out a lot. They're just fantastic. They're, they're, they're training a young cadre – to go on Capitol Hill and to work on staffs, permanent sitting committees and the, and the congressmen and senators' individual staffs. They had the article in the New York Times by Jonathan Swan and Maggie Haven, Charlie Savage, who talked about 
we're, we're, we're looking for a new type of lawyer to be in the Trump, uh, the second Trump term to take on the administrative state. And that's the third part of their series that we're training people every day. We're signing up people every day for this, this, this ascendant of the MAGA movement. But to do this now, professionalize a little bit and make sure that we, when we hit the beach, that, that we have wins. What I was amazed about this conference is the, this was primarily younger people, younger activists from all over Europe and also from places like India and others. I was quite frankly amazed at the talent pool. Why were you, why were you selected and asked to come over and give one of the most important keynote speeches of this conference? Well, Steve, it's, it's a true honor to be here, to be speaking with so many people from around the world, as you mentioned, across uh, really all across Europe, even in my section, we had Hungarians, we had Slovenians, we had um, uh, Portuguese, we had people from all over, pretty much every single corner of Europe, from the United States, and then even as far away as India, uh, Modi's party sent some representatives up. And so the reason we've got Germans here, Austrians here, the reason, Steve, that this is all going on is because we're all facing the same fight. We're all facing the same threat, the threat of the creeping uh, globalists that are pushing their agenda ever further across our societies. And specifically, the topic that I was asked to see to speak on, not only, um, you know, giving that sort of keynote where I discussed the issues that we're fighting for, but I also pointed out a specific topic of what I call the fake right or actually the faux right. And I talked about these people, these globalists in sheep's clothing who get into office, who say, I'm a conservative, I'm a Republican, I'm here, I'm going to fight the globalists, I'm going to fight this. Then they get into power. And what do they do? They throw our borders wide open. They allow in the U.S., we'd say it's, it's Latin Americans, it's um, South Americans, Mexicans. In Europe, they have issues with Middle Eastern migration, African migration. And in fact, one of the issue, one of the points that somebody made earlier when they were there, and I think this applies to America as well, that Gaddafi, of all people, Gaddafi, the former head of Libya, also taken out by NATO, by the way, um, he once said, Europe, and he's really talking about the West, he said, the West cannot be conquered through military means, but the West can be conquered through immigration. The West can be conquered by sending hordes and hordes of people into their nations and then converting those nations from within. Steve, think about France for a second. How long before the Muslims gain control of the French nuclear arsenal or have the ability to determine how France uses its nuclear arsenal? Would France then go, come in on the side of some of those nations? I don't know. But it's an interesting question, isn't it? Because that's what we're seeing play out. And unfortunately, we've got those people in the United States. They have them all over Europe, like the European People's Party that came out. It's a very uh, strong point of discussion earlier today that they are essentially fake, right? They're living off the money, the backs of the people that are working in our countries, the backs of the regular people. They'll take your donations. They'll take your tax dollars and then they'll go up there and they'll do everything they can to work in with the most the worst parts of the extreme left. And by the way, the extreme left, the people that are up there, they're not your friends. They're not people who say, oh, we can work with the liberals because the liberals are just well-meaning people who are misguided. Really, they're misguided 
These people see us as the enemy. These people see us as a disease. They see us as a cancer. They're trying to cut that cancer out of their societies, whether that means throwing us in jail or worse. Steve, these people are not our friends. These people need to be defeated and they need to be removed from power completely. And I'm sick of these fake right, these faux right conservatives that sit there and think that we should still continue treating them as such. I I think this gets back to um, this primary and also the fight we had in the House. You you have these people that have been backed by donors. And it's one of the reasons that the ratings of of the debates and there's no energy in debates what you have in the, in the fake right, right, the neocon, neoliberal right, is this nomenclature. They're talking about things that, like, it's bizarro land. It's not the lived experience of the United States of America today. Um, but do you believe that that's being rejected, being rejected by, uh, by, uh, by MAGA and the MAGA voters as they turn up and they're not being fooled by the Glenn Youngkins and not being fooled by the – the Ron DeSantis's and the Nikki Haley's that just are all donor. It's all donor speak. Steve, I think that's playing out in poll after poll that we're seeing. It's playing out on the ground. It's playing out in the fact that the only donors that these people can find are the defense contractors. The only donors they can find are Wall Street, the big banks, or the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and every single country that's or company that's uh, doing business with the Chinese Communist Party who's deeply within their pockets, like Jeff Yas, who, oh, by the way, was one of the initial founders of TikTok in the United States, someone who's deeply, deeply invested in TikTok and then turns around and is funding Ron DeSantis and all these guys. So it doesn't really surprise me at all that those are the types of people that would want to fund the fake right, as opposed to the people that are funding the true conservatives, the real conservatives, people that are actually coming up through the ranks saying, we want to do something for our country. We don't care about these special interests and we don't care about, we, you know, I'll put it this way. It's not that we don't care about the horrific things, the atrocities that are going on around the world. And we'll stand with our allies where we can and where it makes sense. But the fact of the matter is this, the American people need to come first. The interests of the American people, the needs of the American people, and the American people are suffering right now, Steve. The American people are going through so much and they're being treated so poorly and they're being lied to. They're saying that everything is fine and we need to send money over here. We need to send money over there. There's this cause. There's that cause. They need all our money. Your causes, your interests. No, we don't need any of that. So this is the same problem that people in Serbia are facing. This is the problem that people throughout the EU are facing. And it's the same problem that we in the United States are facing. And that's why I'm here in Belgrade fighting back against this global creeping totalitarianism, whether it be NATO, whether it be the World Economic Forum, whether it be the WHO, it's all intrinsically connected. The head of the snake is right there in Brussels. And this is the head that eventually we're going to cut off. Uh, let's talk about uh, Serbia's at the center. You talked about a, uh, a thousand year or longer than a thousand year war. Uh, walk me through that. This spiritual war has manifested itself in uh, many, many conflicts uh, in that part in the from the Middle East all the way up through Constantinople uh, to uh, to uh, the Balkans and Eastern Europe. Walk, walk me through why that's relevant today. In particular, you know, Ben takes a quite harsh look at calling it a false religion. Somebody can have the theological debate. Islam is certainly religion, certainly a religion 
that attracts young men and kind of a warrior's mentality. And I would tell the young woman, you haven't read enough of it because it's not quite a feminist doctrine. Uh, Jack Posobiec. Well, Steve, this is the problem, I would also say, in terms of the Christianity of the West versus the Christianity of the East. Because when you come to Eastern Christianity, when you come to the Eastern Church, uh, it hasn't become feminized. It hasn't become uh, completely, you know, just just degraded the way that Christianity in the West has become. You go to Christianity in the East, it is still, it's still muscular, it's masculine, it's got the connecting connection to the spiritual world whereas in the west we've turned it into almost a a parody of wokeism where people will read and interpret whatever they want into the bible they'll read and interpret whatever they want into christ's uh christ's commands and christ's teachings and it's very clear it's very clear that christ calls us to account for our sins and yet at the at the same time you go to any pastor or you go to any church you go to so many of these places they won't talk about sin anymore steve they won't talk about punishment they won't talk about hell they won't talk about the eternal damnation of the fire that our souls will be thrown into if we continue down that path and so because the the western church stopped talking about this and in this this call for inclusion and tolerance and welcoming to bring more people in they lost the essential heart of what it means to be christian this is why christianity across the west is in you think it's bad in in america go look the greatest cathedrals in the world are in europe and they're empty you know tourists will go in and take pictures but in terms of actual practicing uh, Christians going there to worship, they're empty. So this is why the East never had this problem because the East, yes, they had, even under the Soviet Union and even under the Warsaw Pact nations, even under Marshal Tito and and, uh, Kusheskov in, in, um, in Romania and everything else, they couldn't stamp out Christianity because Eastern Orthodox Christianity was that hard. And that's why the Eastern church has kept that flame going even after they had the boots stomped on their face for almost 70 years straight, where you would, where of course the communists went for the priests first, the nuns first. They survived through that. They're continuing to survive now. They survived the bombing of NATO, of NATO in the 1990s. Yep. They're continuing to go forward. That's the type of masculinity. That's the type of, and again, the connection to spirituality that the Western church has completely lost because so many of these Western Christians, Steve, they won't talk about sin. They won't talk about the spirit. They treat the Bible like it's some sort of like legal contract and you're supposed to, you know, go through it. And as if it's, uh, you know, some drawn up agreement between you and God. No, this is a connection to the immortal spirit of the creator of the entire universe. And that's something that I'll tell you right now, the Easterns have not forgotten. Jack, hang for one second. Also, the Orthodox religion of Eastern Christianity is focused on inner work, the work on oneself, not so much the exoteric as the inner work. Very powerful. Jack Vasovic about his speech in Belgrade today, next in the world. I am the last person on earth to nag you about your diet. I think you can see I don't always make the healthiest food choices either. But I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure and cholesterol, 
eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens every morning. Unlike the others, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs like heart, lungs, kidneys, and immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast. You feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Now, let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com. More energy. You'll look better. You'll feel better. And you'll get what the Mayo Clinic says is what you need in fruits and vegetables every day. Fieldofgreens.com. Code Bannon. Take agency. Do it today. Action, action, action. Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, we've got limited time. Jack's going to get back to the conference. Uh, Jack, a very powerful speech. You threw in there that the, uh, the First Lady was from that, uh, from that general neighborhood, and she would be returning to the White House on, uh, at high noon on the 20th of January, 2025. W- walk me through uh, what you meant, sir. Well, Steve, that's right. So we have, uh, as I said, we're here in the Balkans and uh, former Yugoslavia. And of course, that's where it was when our former first lady, our wonderful former first lady was born. And uh, I made a comment that uh, we had we had a Slovenian MP that was there with us. And I said, you know, I have to thank you to Slovenia for the, um, you know, the the gracious gift of one of our most amazing first ladies in American history. And of course, everybody was laughing and clapping when I said that. And I said, how would you guys like, do you think that we should make her the first lady again? The room absolutely erupted. Everyone in Europe and then uh, the Slovenian <laughs> MP turns over to me and he goes, he goes, you know, we've built an entire statue to her in Slovenia and you should come and visit. I said, we'll go there the next time she's first lady when she's there with us. And I, I just have to say that she's very, very well loved. And and again, this is her coming from this part of the world, her coming from the Balkans, uh, understanding, you know, and obviously people don't know this because it's not really talked, talked about that much, but President Trump did bring her family over um, after they got married. They now live together. Uh, I believe they have an apartment right there in Trump Tower. Then they come down to Mar-a-Lago when, uh, when they're down visiting at times. So he's always taking care of Melania's parents. They're always there with them. I think they had dinner the other night at that, uh, that Halloween party that Caroline Wren was at. And it's just some of the stuff that, that, of course, the media never really talks about when it comes to Trump. But this, this strong connection that he has to Melania, to this part of the world. But it's also through her, through her faith, through her strong faith, which, by the way, uh, her father did have her baptized when it was still communist Yugoslavia. And that's a time, Steve, where being a practicing Christian could get you thrown in jail, could get you completely black marked, at least from participating in society uh, and all of this going on. And so he was still willing to baptize his daughter, Melania, and to raise her in the Christian faith at a time when there was 
actual oppression against it. Now, this was communist oppression against it, but he was still willing to do so. Steve, uh, the people of Serbia have fought against oppression for so many years. I said it's a thousand years. And remember, for 500 years, from the 1400s all the way up until World War One, Serbia, the kingdom of Serbia had been conquered by the Ottomans. So the Turks were ruling here. The Muslim rulers were in charge. Well, guess what? The Serbs were some of the very first to fight back against the Turks. And it was through uh, World War I that they were able to throw them off. Of course, the Ottomans were then destroyed. Constantinople was almost liberated at this period, uh, but as history shows, Ataturk then later rallied the troops, uh, was able to retake Constantinople from the occupying army, and uh, then formed the new Republic of Turkey. But Constantinople, of course, was founded by Emperor Constantine as a Christian nation on the Bosphorus, the connection between the Black Sea and the Mediterranean Sea, that spot between uh, between Europe and Asia, where it was always supposed to be, this is the line of Christendom. Christendom begins here. That was Constantinople. And of course, the most beautiful church in the world, the Hagia Sophia, was then built. Uh, after the conquest by the Turks, they tore down every picture of Jesus, every picture of the Holy Mother, the Theotokos, throughout the Hagia Sophia. Uh, they covered them up with Islamic mosaics, Islamic runes. And of course, this still continues to this day. At one point, Ataturk turned the Hagia Sophia into a museum, but Erdogan very recently turned uh, the Hagia Sophia into a mosque. And right now they are currently practicing Islamic worship inside the Hagia Sophia, which again, as I said, was built and it continues to be one of the most beautiful churches in the world. It is just currently occupied. And I find it very interesting that when we're in this current situation where we're talking about uh, decolonization and conquest and which land belongs to whom and that type of thing. And I find it very very strange that when Erdogan is talking, and by the way, Steve, I should I should say I'm sarcastic. I don't find it strange at all because Erdogan knows exactly what he's doing when he talks about the idea of the Islamic Ummah, the Islamic world. He is declaring himself to be the leader, not just of the Turks, not just of his party or his you know electoral uh, constituents. No, he's talking about being the leader of all Muslims everywhere, the Ummah. This is what that refers to. So Steve, he's describing no, this in terms of uh, civilizational uh, hold, hold, religious Listen, let's, let, let's, this is civilizational. This is why you get to pull the, until Allenby went into Jerusalem with Lawrence of Arabia in World War I, the Ottoman Turks controlled the two holy sites. Erdogan's plan here is very straightforward. He wants, he wants, he wants the Ottoman Empire restored and he wants uh, as a Muslim caliphate, and he wants to, he wants to control the two holy sites. Er Erdogan the other day, last Saturday, just listen to the and speech. Steve, it's, it's beyond that. This is not about Israel. About it's not about Cuba. Israel and the Palestinians. It's about the it's about the cross and the crescent. He couldn't have been he couldn't have been more blunt. And Hezbollah last okay. night, the 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 Shiite party and of God in Lebanon said this is about the Americans. And how ahead, many sir? people is he talk? And how many people? that are in Europe now, in the no-go zones, in the Sharia areas, that Raheem Kassam wrote an entire book about, that me and Tanya Tay went and did yep. that documentary with Cernovich about years ago in Malmo and Sweden. How many of those people then now become part of the new Uma, 
of Erdogan that he's talking about. Yep. So this is something, and we we I have to say thank you again to um, Member of Parliament uh, Nanad Popovich, who was one of our hosts here, as well as uh, Jovan Palovich. This uh, conference, the fact that it's going on right now in Serbia, the fact that it's happening in Belgrade at a time such as this, where you're hearing the leader of Turkey talk about raising a new Uma and mobilizing the new Uma of Islamic worshipers against the Christian world. Steve, I'll say this, this right now. The most dangerous thing, the largest threat possible to the globalists is the return of Christendom, is the ability of the Christian West to reunite once more to face not just the secular threats of genderism and the World Economic Forum, insanity and Klaus Schwab, but also the spiritual threats that we face from this yeah. civilizational crisis that Erdogan is trying to push. Uh, ben, I mean, uh, Jack, real quickly, your social media so people can follow you today. Hey, it's at Jack Masoba. Can we post it up? And, and folks, think about that. Christendom. Just think about that word. Christendom. Jack Pasobic from Belgrade, Serbia. Keynote at the conference. Short break. Back in 90 seconds. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's Warroom 
WarRoomHealth.com. All one word, WarRoomHealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WarRoomHealth, all one word, WarRoomHealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.